the blood, the spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. I see the enemy coming in like a flood in our houses, in our churches, in our families. But what I don't see is the standard. People of God, where is the standard at? We in a war, y'all. It's time to stand, y'all. The Lord gave the word, and great was the company of them that published it. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Welcome to the Know Your Bible radio broadcast that reaches around the world daily with the good news about Jesus Christ our Lord. I am your host, Bishop Fred A. Carwell Sr. Now lend me your ear, and let's go inside of Know Your Bible and hear God's life-changing word. Welcome to Know Your Bible. Today's message, Praying in the Spirit. And now here is Bishop Caldwell. Bible to 1 Corinthians, the 14th chapter. And we're going to look at, as we commence on this morning, verses 14 and 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 14 and 15. You'll find these consecrated words. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is it then? I will pray with the spirit and I will pray with the understanding also, I will sing with the Spirit, and I will sing with the understanding also. Praying in the Spirit. Did you stop to pray this morning? Did you kneel for one moment today? Did you ask the Lord to guide you as you travel along your way. Did you speak in tongues this morning? You know there are some that would try to convince us that tongues went out with the apostles, the days of miracles are over, and that if a person would ask the Lord to fill them with the Holy Spirit then they would be operating in unbelief because in the minds of some people to be spirit-filled is to ask God for a second work of grace. And we know that for by grace are we saved through faith. And that grace and faith is not of ourselves. It is the gift of God and not of works. And if salvation was something that money could buy, then the rich would live and the poor would die. And then there are some people that would make an argument that you can be saved and then lost. That's a damnable hearsay. And that has no weight to it because it's not true. 
And those that claim that can never come up with the scripture to prove that. Because you can't prove it. God doesn't half save nobody. And salvation is eternal. Can I get a witness at the church? But I want to talk to you about praying in the spirit. Because there's all kind of mindsets out there. And uh, they are prevailing today because a lot of people do not know the scriptures. Praying in the spirit and praying with the understanding also. Here Paul says in his 14th verse, For if I pray in an unknown tongue, and the unknown tongue is what is called italicized. If I pray with an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. That's real simple. When you're praying in tongues, which some say that that has gone out, and all the days of miracles are over, and that's gone out, all that left when the last apostle died. Well, I have proof positive in this Biblos right here that those folk are a bunch of prevaricators. So if I pray in an unknown tongue, and to God, there's no such thing as an unknown tongue. So if you look at that unknown written in your Bible, it's a funny looking writing because it's italicized. And the reason it's italicized is because some of the interpreters of the scripture put it in there to try to smooth out the text. But unfortunately, a lot of those italicized writings have confused the text. But I can give them one attaboy, at least they tried. So now praying in the spirit is where you are praying because you are a spirit and you have a soul and you live in a body. Prayer is a mighty powerful weapon against the onslaught of the adversary. When you are praying in the spirit, I must admit, you don't know what you're saying. And the person next to you, if you were to pray in tongues right now, they would not know what you're saying unless God gives them the interpretation of what you are saying. But it never told us to not pray in the spirit. Because as long as man is alive, man is a spirit. Can I get a witness here? And so since man is a spirit, and we're talking about praying, we're talking about praying with the spirit. Get the terminology right. Praying with the spirit. Not necessarily in the spirit. They wrote a gospel song years ago. Every time I feel the spirit moving in my heart. I will pray. Every time I feel the spirit moving in my heart, I will pray. What if you don't feel the spirit moving? Because the spirit is not a feeling. The spirit is the third person of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. Now, there are those that would tell us 
that the church at Corinth was the church that had a problem with speaking with tongues. And I admit, that's true. However, you have to remember this very simple premise. That there is no book, especially in the New Testament, that was written where there was not a problem. <laughs> okay? That's, in Hebrews, they had a problem. What was they doing? They was going back to offer animal sacrifices. In Corinth, what were they doing? They were speaking in other tongues, and then they had some prostitutes at the church. So it all had a problem. In Philippi, what was the problem? Eudian sent you, two women that couldn't get along. What did Paul tell them? Let the same mind be in you. Which was also in Christ Jesus. So there's no need to write no book if there ain't no problem. And there's no, there's no need of any of us having faith if there is no trial. So God doesn't have no wasted motions. So yeah, they had a problem at Corinth. They had a problem there in the church. But the Holy Spirit in the writing of Paul calls our attention to, in particular, the church at Corinth. But that was not the only church that was having problems. That was the one that was amplified. And so it is with the other books in the New Testament. When they wanted to see what was going on, then God spoke to John on the Isle of Patmos and he wrote the book of Revelation, not Revelations. Ain't no S on there. So we have to understand that the, 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 the problem, one of the major problems in the church at Corinth was the misuse of tongues, not tongues. Just like there are people that will quote the scripture to you or misquote it, say, you know, money is the root of all evil. No, it ain't, because I ain't getting rid of this. If that's evil, I ain't, I ain't throwing it away. It didn't say that. It said the love of money is the root of all evil. So when we talk about praying in the spirit, let's, let's, let's homogenize this and get right with a laser beam and look and see what is actually going on in the church at Corinth. First of all, we must understand that everyone, whether they are Japanese, whether they are Italian, whether they are African Americans, whatever their ethnicity may be, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I need you to move around right quick and then we're coming back here. I need you to go to Ephesians 4 and 30 so that this message today on praying in the spirit will not get confused with some other stuff that may be rattling around in your head. In Ephesians 4 and 30, the Bible says, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is of God, right? It says, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God by whom you are sealed. Everybody say sealed. Yeah. Everybody say until. until. Okay, you notice until is not there. It's unto. Unto means the nth degree. You cannot be saved and lost and the seal is the Holy Spirit. 
And everyone who calls on the name of Jesus is sealed with the Holy Spirit unto the day of redemption. What's that? The rapture. Somebody say, well, rapture does not appear in the Bible. It does. You just don't understand it. What does the word rapture mean? The rapture, the rapture in the Bible is the, is the phrase caught up, hapazo. It means to be caught up, snatched violently up out of the earth scene into the middle of the air to meet the Lord. So to be caught up, we find that over in 1 Thessalonians, the fourth chapter. And the word caught up of that phrase is rapture. Brethren, I'll not have you to be ignorant concerning those who are asleep, that you sorrow not even as others who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, them also that sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain shall be caught up. <laughs> I'm not leaving now. Don't be looking at me. Shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. So where are your loved ones? Your loved ones that went to sleep in Jesus, they are sleeping him. And where is he? He's seated at God's right hand. And their spirit is in him. The body is in the ground. They ain't in that body. So I wanted to go this way to show you that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord is sealed unto the day. Of redemption. It's just like if you put a, a, something in the mail and you put a stamp on it and you put it in the mail container. The postman comes and get it or you carry it to the post office or however you handle your business. That stamp on there is guaranteed, you know, for the most part. <laughs> it's to guarantee that this letter is going to be delivered. Well, when you Call on Jesus and believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. You were sealed. Your Holy, the Holy Spirit sealed your human spirit unto the day of redemption. So ain't no half rapture. It's a whole rapture. Even the dead going to be with us. So that sealed is the Holy Spirit himself. Luke 11, 11. I'm going to have to kind of move around to to get a few of you into the fold today because y'all looking kind of strange. Luke eleven eleven, Do not come to church and have your mind somewhere else. You're helping the devil to rob you. All right. Are you in Luke eleven eleven? All right, this is what Jesus is saying. If a son shall ask bread... Of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that <clears throat> ask 
him. Your heavenly father is not the father of Satan's children. Our heavenly father is the father of his children. And his children are only those that are born again. So we need to understand then that you may be born again, but have not been filled <laughs> with the Holy Spirit, which leaves you a powerless individual with a lot of talking and no power. Jesus said, ask. Acts chapter 19. Got to kind of move around a little bit. If you have somebody seated next to you and they're not moving or punching anything on their phone, bite them. <laughs> I heard somebody say, golly, I ain't heard that since I was a child. Acts chapter 19. And it came to pass... That while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper borders, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples. And he said unto them, have you received the Holy Ghost? Wait a minute. Hold everything. He didn't say he found certain heathens. He didn't say barbarians, Scythians, or Medes. He found certain disciples, just like in here. There may be <clears throat> certain disciples. And the question to you is, have you received the Holy Ghost? Huh? Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, we have not so much as heard whether there is any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, under what then were you baptized? And they said, under John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should, they should believe on him who should come after him. That is, now this is John Baptist talking. They should believe on Christ Jesus. The reason it's Christ Jesus is because it's pointing to the fact that the Jesus that God sent is the Christ Jesus that ran the race, finished it, gave us the victory, and is now seated at God's right hand. And he told his disciples, he said, now y'all tarry here in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. In other words, I'm going to send the Holy Ghost back to you when I get there. Well, what, what day, on what day, date, uh, did Jesus go back to heaven? He went back on the 40th day after he had been raised from the dead. Well, when did the Holy Ghost come down? On the 50th day. Pentecost means 50. It's 50 days after first fruit. So Christ is the first fruit. And then Mary had some more children. So she's not the Virgin Mary anymore. She was the Virgin Mary back then. See, some of y'all, get out. Ushers. All right, now watch this. In verse 5. When they heard this, 
they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. That's the authority that Jesus gave us to baptize in. Baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Don't get it twisted. Because when he was raised from the dead, he said, all authority, all power is given unto me. Go ye therefore into all the world and make disciples of all men, teaching them to observe what things whoever I have commanded you. He said, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. That's the authority that he leveled and gave to those that are in authority to baptize believers. But anyway... If you look at verse 6, and when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. And all the men were about 12. Now, there were disciples that had not even heard whether there'll be any Holy Ghost. And they were baptized. And they spoke with tongues. They were baptized under John's baptism. Paul laid hands on them and they spake with tongues. Now wait a minute. Ain't that long after Pentecost? Talk to me. Isn't that after Pentecost? Well then why is it that we, we allow fools to talk to us and tell us that Pentecost was just a one time event? See, when you, when you start dealing with man and his denominational thinking, he's going he's gonna to put everything into the crucible of his own failures, of his own belief, and try to make God's word of no effect because this is what their denomination believe. God didn't call no denomination. He's calling people out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's what he's doing. And he's calling both Jew and Gentile and he's baptizing them into the body of Christ. He's sealing them unto the day of redemption and he's filling those that ask to be filled. Now, being filled with the Holy Ghost does not make you no more of a disciple. It just gives you power. Power to tread on serpents, scorpions, and over all the ability of the enemy. You shall receive power. That's what Jesus said. Power to operate in ministry. Ain't no such thing with the child of God being burnt out. You don't burn out in ministry. You catch on fire. We've heard too much contrary stuff that's just not true. And, and you say, well, you know, well, my plate is full. Who gave you the plate? Jesus never called a lazy person. He always called those that were already busy. Case in point, Matthew at the seat of custom. He was already a tax collector. Jesus said, come follow me. Peter, James, and John in their own fishing business. Come follow me. He don't put no more on you than you can bear. You just got selfish and you start talking this old negativity talking about, you know, I got, a, I got more, I got, I got a life uh, more than church. Church ain't my only life. You backslidden. 
you going back into the world in your head. Church should be your only thing. It doesn't mean you can't go on vacation. It does not mean that you can't do other stuff. But you don't put the Lord's stuff backwards. That's what he said. Don't get mad at me. I got a life outside the church. You didn't have no life till the Lord put you in the church. I'm coming that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Now you finally got a little old Jaguar. You finally got a little old car. Now you don't need God. All right. I'm going to tell you like my mama used to tell us when we looked at her half crazy. Keep on living. So, so, anyone who calls on the name of Jesus is sealed unto the day of redemption. Now you need to be filled. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? All right, Romans, the eighth chapter. Romans chapter eight. We're talking about praying in the spirit. It's a good thing to pray in the spirit. Did you stop to pray this morning? When is the last time you spoke with tongues? Or have you allowed somebody to talk you out of doing that because you wanted a Budweiser? Huh? Us America Huna. Baby, can't nothing get you more loaded than the Holy Ghost. And it's one good thing about being loaded on the Spirit of God, you don't see double. <laughs> So when we pray in the spirit, now we're getting ready to understand, which we already understand, I prayerfully we do, that you, you can't pray as you ought to out of your head. If you really love people and love the Lord, you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. If nothing else, if you didn't need no power, that's all right. But you ought to be filled with the Holy Ghost so you can pray for somebody. And your prayers can be heard. Because you want them to do better than you are doing. That's Christianity. Are you in Romans chapter 8? All right. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 26, likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmity. That's the weaknesses in our flesh. Got to have that other piece of cake. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmity, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered or articulated in our native language. Now notice this. We, we read over in 1 Corinthians 14, we're to pray with the Spirit and we're to pray with the understanding. So, so, so we're double bad. We move forth on, on two fronts. I'm praying with the Spirit. And I don't know what I'm praying. And I'm praying with the understanding also. And that I do know what I'm praying. But ain't no need of me getting all bent out of shape. Well, you know, I'm not going to pray in tongues because I don't know what I'm, what I'm, what I'm saying. There's a lot of y'all talking in English. You still don't know what you're saying. 
You say, what you say? I What? Over there. What? So don't get caught up on all this idiocy and ask the Lord to fill you with the Holy Ghost. Well, you know, you know, uh, here we go. What, what, if, what, if, what if the devil come in? Some of y'all are born again, washed in the blood, and still think crazy. The Lord, didn't Jesus say, if a father asks a son for a bread or whatever, he will not give him a scorpion or a serpent? Our Heavenly Father, every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights in whom there is no variableness, no shadow of turning. God ain't going to give you something that's going to hurt you. He's not. It's not in his makeup to do that. God has credibility. And I would to God that people quit saying that God is incredible. Do you know what incredible means? It means non-credible. It means you can't trust them. That's why if you look at law and order, they want to know, is this going to be a credible witness? Now you say, this, this witness is incredible because you can't believe what they say. Quit calling God incredible. If he said it, he'll do it. If he spoke it, he would bring it to pass. So we don't know what to pray for as we ought. Now we know what to pray, the model prayer, our Father who art in heaven. That's the model prayer, but that ain't the Lord's prayer. The Lord's prayer is in John chapter 17. So we, so we see then that we can pray with our understanding. But the most powerful form of prayer is intercessory prayer. All right, here we go again. Likewise, the Spirit also maketh infirmity for maketh our... Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmity for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So the Spirit of, the, of man is the candle of the Lord. So when Adam and Eve sinned, what happened? The light went out. Because with the Holy Ghost in our human spirit, it lights us up. It gives us revelation knowledge. It gives us power. It shows us, the Holy Spirit shows us things which are to come. So we need to be beyond that point talking about something told me, something nothing. The Lord told me. See, I tell you something else. Right here is the human spirit in touch with the Holy Spirit. May I read this again? Verse 27. And he that searches the hearts, that's the human spirit. You search your heart, should I marry him, should I not? Should I marry her, should I not? Should I move in that house or should I not? Should I take that other job? 
That ain't the Holy Spirit. That's you. The Holy Spirit don't need no job. He got a job. I ain't got no help in here. Yeah. Your spirit told you, don't. You said, I will. Spirit said, don't. You said, I know what I'm talking about. I will. And then you did. Then you said you shouldn't have. <laughs> and then somebody wrote a song. Oh! If I could just turn back the hands of time. <laughs> Some of y'all don't want to have church with me. See? Now, come back. Come back. You, you're going back through your life right now talking about, oh, I shouldn't. I said, you did. But I, I got some good news. God has enough mercy and God has enough grace to restore to you the years that the locusts, <laughs> to restore to you the years that the locusts have seen. It ain't over until God says it's over. Man, don't give up on God and don't give up on yourself. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. Doesn't matter who died. Doesn't matter who's still alive. Doesn't matter if the, if the foreclosed on the mortgage, foreclosed on the house. Does not matter. If you got Jesus, you can start all over again. And it's never too late. He called Abraham. Abraham was 75 years old. Same age I am. So what you talking about? Giving up on living. Man, it's time to get started living. Nobody got no time to be sitting back giving up on life. Anyway. Verse 27. He that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the spirit. Because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. This is the kind of scripture you can read it two ways. It is. It is, it is you, you can read it that you're the mind of the spirit. Well, you're a spirit. You have a mind. It's in your soul realm. The Holy Spirit knows what is the mind of the spirit. But do you? Jesus learned obedience by the things he suffered. Jesus came to know who he was by the scripture. We're not going to get around it. You're not going to know how much power you have without reading these scriptures. You're not going to know that you can do all things through Christ without reading these scriptures. The Holy Spirit knows what is the mind of the spirit. And the, Holy, and the man who is in tune with God knows what is in his heart to do. One day King David was sitting down. He was real cool. You know David was real cool. It was raining. He was in the tent. And he looked out and he saw. I think he was in the tent of his house. And he looked out and he saw the. He saw the ark of God. In a tent. And that sparked inside of him. I need to build God a house. Your spirit knows things that. You still trying to catch up with. 
And then when the big wreck takes place, you say, I knew it. You better listen to your spirit. Listen to the Holy Spirit in your spirit. Because your spirit knows. Your flesh is in the way. So. Go back to 1 Corinthians 14. A lot of times in the Bible when you read the word if, you're reading the word since. Okay? So it says right here in verse 14, 1 Corinthians 14, if I pray in the spirit, if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth. But my understanding is unfruitful. Or you can read it like this. For since I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth. But my understanding is unfruitful. So God wants us to pray in the spirit. Because why? When we're praying in the spirit, or talking in the spirit, or praying in the spirit, and that's a fine line right there, you ain't talking to man anyway. And that's what this argument is in this 14th chapter. We're not praying or we're not talking in other tongues to other men. We are talking to God who gives us the utterance when we pray what to say. God is a, he's a good usher. He's a good helper. He even gives us the words to get saved. He even tells us the words to think about so we won't get depressed. If it's lovely, if it's good, if it's thought worthy, if it's praiseworthy, Think on these things. Now we're sitting around trying to figure out how to sharpen a razor blade to cut somebody. Why we let our mind run, run wacko? We act like Norman, Bates, Psycho. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get even with you. It may take me 20 years, but I'm going to get you back. God says that's demonic. You know why it's demonic? I ask a question. Do you know why it's demonic? Do you know why? Because you forgot all that God forgave your raggedy self for. Now you will know it all. How soon we forget where he brought us from. How soon we forget what we could or should have been had it not been for the mercies of the Lord. We would have been destroyed a long time ago. You are not the catch me out. All of us think wrong sometimes. Do wrong sometimes. Act wrong sometimes. Look wrong sometimes. Is wrong sometimes. But to have us to admit it, we'd have to move Mount Everest with a toothpick. Anyway, when we pray with an unknown tongue, my understanding is unfruitful. Oh, but the power that just got released is super powerful. See, a lot of people don't understand. Jesus spoke in tongues. At least three times. 
See, so now we get into the interpretation of tongues. So if you speak in tongues and you don't know what you're saying, and we don't unless we pray that God will give us the interpretation. And if he gives us the interpretation, then we just know what we just said. But in the meantime, speak on, brother. Speak on, sister. And if you like I am, I don't care if I understand it or not. God gave it to me. I say Jesus spoke in tongues at least three times. When he put his finger in that man's ear that was deaf. Back in the hood, they called him deaf. And Jesus put his fingers in that man's ears and said, Effecta! That's a tongue. And you know it because the Holy Spirit gave the interpretation. See, when Jesus spoke in tongues, he did it three times. That's recorded. When he said, Effecta! And he pulled his fingers out of that man's ears. His ears came open. He can open deep ears. One day they came to Jesus. They say, Jairus' daughter is sick over there. She's at the point of death. Jesus said, in essence, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. I'll go over there. Well, when he got there, he put all them unbelievers, because those were paid mourners. Ooh, ah, ooh. They, were, they, were, they were paid to do that. So Jesus carried inside with him Peter, James, and John. And the little damsel was as dead as she could be. Jesus spoke in tongues. That's what he said. And it's interpreted by the Holy Spirit in that same scripture. That is to say, arise. And then on Calvary's cross, where our Lord was crucified. Eli! Eli! Namas! Eli, Eli, Samab! In the show, how ignorant the people were, they thought he was calling for Elijah. And the Holy Spirit interpreted, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Now, if Jesus spoke in tongues, what about you? He's never going to give us anything to hurt us. We can't listen to all these unbelieving so-called teachers that says that speaking in tongues is of the devil. Speaking in tongues is no longer valid for this generation. Well, may I show you a scripture? Then I'm going to come back here. So, you know, you know I'm back and forth. I'm trying to get the three involved. I want you to go to the book of Jude. That's right next to Revelation. It was written by Jesus' brother, Judas. Not his carrier, but Jesus had a brother by the name of Judas. He wrote Jude. He had a brother by the name of James. He wrote James. 
Go to the 20th verse. Now Jude was written somewhere around about 68 A.D. A.D. doesn't mean after death. A.D. means anadumani. In the year of our Lord. About 68 A.D. That was pretty close to about 30 years after, after 30 years after Jesus had gone back to heaven. And nobody going to show you no scripture in this Bible where it says do not speak with tongues. So I got a little bit more work to do in 1 Corinthians 14. But if you look at that 20th verse, this was years after Pentecost. And Jude is only one chapter. Look at that 20th verse. But ye beloved, beloved is the body of Christ. Building up yourselves. Now keep that in mind because I'm going to show it to you in 1 Corinthians 14. Building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. There it is. Whoop, there it is. I'm not responsible per se and then I am. But you got to learn how to build yourself up. Why are you sitting around depressed? Over a pandemic. It ain't kill you. Think on the things that are good. And lovely. And of good report. And is of moral excellence. Think on these things. Well you know. 500 some other thousand dead. You ain't. And I don't mean to be rude. But your mask ain't keeping you alive. Jesus is. Your mask didn't wake you up this morning. Jesus did. Wear it and be glad. But remember, all your help comes from the Lord. Every bit of it. So we are to pray because we are part of the beloved. We are to pray in the spirit. And we are, by the way, that other verse I didn't read, we are to keep ourselves in the love of God. I should not let anybody in my life have that kind of power to cause me to start hating other people. Like Donald Trump got a lot of these other stupid people across this country hating folk because of the color of their skin, attacking Asian people and all this stuff. All that's hatred. We know it's always been there, but my goodness, did it explode under that man? You keep yourself in the love of God. Love God, love people, love your family, love your church. You sure enough better love your pastor. I'm out here wetting my suit up. You better love me. Now, I'm not told, go back to 1 Corinthians 14. We're going to go ahead and wrap this up because I've been trying to get the other three in here involved. All right. If you key in on verse 13. Wherefore let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. Now that doesn't sound like some of these folk talking about you don't know what you're saying so don't speak. Well, some of us will never speak in English. Because a lot of people still don't know what they're talking about. So, 
in verse 14, for if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayer, there it is right there. So when God lights up, the candle of the Lord is the spirit of man. So when you are filled with the Holy Ghost and speaking with other tongues, as the spirit gives you utterance, you're praying according to the utterance of the Holy Ghost. So the person next to you may not understand it, or the person you married to in the house may not understand it, but it doesn't matter. God understands it because he's given it to you to say at that hour. Why does God want us to speak with tongues? That's a good question. Because he has no authority in this earth realm. Satan is a small G of this world. So we, in Jesus' name, have been given authority. To cast out demons. If we drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt us. Somebody say, well, that day is over. No, it's not. Are you doing your own cooking and eating? Then you know the day of the miracles are not over. Some of y'all can't cook. It's bad when you put something out there in a bowl that you didn't cook and the dog won't even eat it. I'm just teasing. <laughs> so I'm expected to speak with other tongues and I'm expecting also for man not to have an understanding of it because it came from God. And a long time ago they used to say when you speaking in other tongues even the devil does not know what you're talking about. That's why when you speak with other tongues, you're putting that bad boy in overdrive. I remember that Buick Dynaflow. My, my stepdad had one of those. Buick Dynaflow. That was the car. And it had an overdrive on it. Somebody was too close to your bumper and you didn't like it, you pushed it. Just get on up the road. All right. Verse 15. What is it then? I will pray with the Spirit. The Spirit is giving me the words that I need to say. Because at that point, I am an intercessor. I'm fulfilling the same duties that Jesus fulfilled between those two thieves at Calvary's cross. He made intercession for the transgressors. Christianity voids us or should void us of being selfish. Me, my, my husband, Joe, us for and no more. You can't live in this world like this and be happy. And if you're having problems in your marriage, you ain't the only one. You better start speaking with tongues. If you're having problems where you work, you ain't the only one. You better start speaking with tongues. You got the power with you. Don't be talking to me about the, the force is with you. No, the power is with me. Them the ugliest things I've ever seen on Star Wars. Talking out the top of their head and all that stuff be going on. Ain't no force with me. The power that created heaven and earth. The one who spoke worlds into existence. The one who breathed into man's nostrils, the breath of life is in me. So what do I mean not being successful? 
The only way that you don't succeed is that you're too busy in other people's business. And when anybody's too busy in other people's business, they can't take care of their own. I amen that. Mind your own business. And leave the other fellow's business alone. It may take six months to mind your own business. In the other six months to leave the other person's business alone. It's not that you don't care. You already prayed for them. Now you move on to the next thing. Because some people are foolish. I don't care if everybody in this church called their name at the same time and prayed for them. Some people are going to do what they want to do. That's why I don't, I don't stress out. You say God called you to preach. Don't expect me to drive you. I'm not a driver. Mm-mm. If God Almighty can't get you to move, to come to prayer meeting, to come to school, to come to whatever, it ain't no skin off my nose. Because I realize that Bible study is a lifetime journey. It's a journey with God that will enlighten you from the inside out. You got to want to be mature. You got to want to grow up. Life ain't for babies. And I heard, a, a heard an old gentleman the other day say, well, he's dead and gone now. He said, you have to be strong to get old. Getting old ain't for, ain't for weak people. Do I need to say that again? <laughs> you got a toe hurting outside your shoe. But see, you, 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 you got you to gotta stand in there and realize God made me. God knows who I am. God knows where I am. God's going to take care of me. He's been doing this all his life. I'm going to depend on him. I'm going to lean on Jesus. And I'm going to depend on him. And I'm going to pray with my understanding. And I'm going to pray with the spirit. I ain't going to stop praying. Because there's stuff out there that I can't see right now that's trying to pull me down. So I'm going to pray. And that will ward off the enemy. Strong prayer, strong prayer life, strong person. Weak prayer, weak prayer life, weak person. No prayer, half dead. How can you make it through this world with all these wicked and evil people and you ain't praying? I will pray. I will pray with the understanding also. Today's message, Praying in the Spirit, FC3058, FC3058, is now available on CD for only $10. And it may be purchased by calling Know Your Bible at 318-938-1885. Or you can mail in your request to the Know Your Bible radio broadcast, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71119. Or email us, greenwoodacres at comcast.net.
Know Your Bible radio broadcast is now available as a podcast. You can listen to Know Your Bible through Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, and Spotify. Simply search for Know Your Bible or Bishop Caldwell in either app. Tap the subscribe button and Know Your Bible will come to you automatically each time an episode is posted. Enjoy! Now the question is... Power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of Jesus. The power in the blood of Jesus on the cross at Calvary is God's resolution to the redemption of every lost sinner forever. Today is the day of salvation and now is the acceptable time because tomorrow is not promised. So believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in your house. For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord Jesus shall be saved. Jesus said, come. The Father says, come. The Holy Spirit says, come. And I say, come. You need to come now. Now the question is... I was the chiefest of sinners, Paul says, and so say I. I called upon Jesus over 46 years ago, and he answered me, came into my heart, and brought with him the gift of eternal life. And he'll do the same for you if you call. Say these words to Jesus. Say, Jesus, I believe you are Lord. Come into my heart. I believe that God raised you from the dead. I accept you now, Lord, as my personal Lord and Savior. If you say those words, and if you mean those words, they are recorded in the 10th chapter of the book of Romans, verse 9 through 13. Welcome to the household of faith. Much, much love to you. Now the questions are... Hello, this is Bishop Carwell, and this is the Know Your Bible radio broadcast. The world needs Jesus now more than ever before, and you can help us to reach the world for Jesus Christ. I ask for you to pray for what the Lord will have you to do as it relates to financial support toward Know Your Bible. And then send your gifts of love to Know Your Bible, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71119. That's the Know Your Bible radio broadcast, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71119. We also welcome your prayer requests and your praise reports. So until we meet again right here on Know Your Bible, you pray for me and I'll be praying for you. And guess what? We'll all be prayed for. Much, much love to you.